Hello and welcome to the Table for Two podcast. My name is Harley, food blogger, content creator and overeater. And also, germ bag. I'm so ill right now. I have waited as long as possible to record this intro with the hope that my voice will come back and I wouldn't be sounding so nasally, but it hasn't happened. I am not sick for the whole episode, so if the sound of my voice is really frustrating you right now, it won't last long, don't worry. This is episode three. Thank you for being here, welcome back. On this episode, I'm joined by Neef. Neef is a writer. It was great to sit down with him. I used to work with him, so we kind of, it was one of those ones where you like cross paths with someone a lot, but you don't really have many in-depth conversations with them. So great to spend some time with Neef, great to talk about so many different things. Um, he's a vegan, which um, I temporarily am as well. And it's really weird. Like today is day, well, when you, yeah, the day that the day this comes out is day five of 21 days of me being a vegan. 21 days because that's what Beyonce did and DJ Khaled and <laughs> I'm a sheep. And also because apparently that's how long it takes for your cells to regenerate. And I'm doing this to try and like cleanse my body and help myself and all those kind of wonderful things. There'll be an episode probably out by the time I'm finished and then I can give you like a summary of how that goes. But with Neef, I talk about, um, <laughs> I talk about DJ Khaled again. It's just like he just keeps coming up because he's just that guy right now. Also talked about Neef's background and how that influences his diet. So Neef is from Cameroon and Nigeria. We also talk about best album of the year, best photographer in the scene, and also his reading and writing recommendations. So thank you for being here. Please subscribe on iTunes. If you're listening on SoundCloud, give that a like, write a little comment. Let me know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, how do you like it? Let's do this. Welcome to Save for Two podcast. Thank you for having take me. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> I went pretend like take one went right. <laughs> Just got our introduction out of the way and then things were not working. Um, Neef, I'm not, I don't know you that well. Mm. Yeah, that's like, We've worked together. Yeah, yeah. But and it was like a brief window. Like. It was a brief window because we didn't really work in the same location yeah, despite yeah. working together. But, but you know when you're on Twitter, like you feel like you know someone. You know like, someone, yeah, and it's yeah. like you stay in contact with them as well. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I know what he's up to. I don't know what he's doing. I don't mm. know what he's writing. I don't know all this kind of stuff. But Neef, you are a writer. Yeah, yeah. And you've written for. Um, well, what's SBTV? A lot, SBTV, of, a lot of places. Complex, noisy. Yeah. DRM, Clash, Fader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done my research. <laughs> <laughs> and like of all the stuff that you've written, like you write a lot of music based up. Well, yeah. pretty much everything I've read of yours has been mm. like music, apart from the stuff that you put out on your medium. Yeah, yeah. Which is more like what personal... Like more like personal essays and stuff. Personal essays. Mm. You did a little poem about going to Boy in the Corner. Yeah, I did do a little poem, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I literally wrote that on like the train. On the way on the back. the train back, yeah. I think one of the favourite, one of my favourite things that I've read of yours was, um, the last time was This Is England. Um... Was it like a short story? Yeah, it was literally like a very short paragraph and the last line was, this is England, and you like describe it, oh, describing okay. some like lad. Yeah. And it was like, the description was just great. And just, I mean, he's got like yeah, grease no, down yeah. his shirt and ketchup on his face. And I was like, Yeah, I know what you're talking this about. This is I think England. I wrote that um, after, because I live way out in zone five in Bromley. 
when I get back after a night out <laughs> and, and there's no buses left, I have to go to the cab station. Uh, and then when you're waiting in the cab station, it's just like the slowest cab station. Ass atmosphere. Cab, uh, cab office, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like cab office. Cab office, is yeah. Is that even a thing? Is there you, no Uber? You know, uh, there, is, there is Uber now. At the time, though, Uber was, was just, we were a bit behind the times from uh -huh. Romney, so it's just phasing out. Most of South London's a bit <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that, did you see all that warfare on Twitter the other day about credit? Yeah, no, I stepped <laughs> um, way back from that. <laughs> <laughs> People say you needed a passport to get the <laughs> Yeah, Bromley's like further out than Croydon, so I just felt like as much as I want to comment, I'm not really in a place not to Not in a so. place to comment. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about your writing then. So, you write about music, you write about, well, you don't even necessarily write about music. Yeah. But you write around music and you mm. write about musicians, your interaction with musicians, time at concerts, people that you've met at concerts. That was the Meet the Crowd series that you did at yeah, SB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why do you do this? I think, um, I think I just more write about people. That's how I've always seen it. Okay. Um, although like, mu I think music was just like my avenue into getting into writing. So I started as like doing like music reviews and album reviews and that type of thing. But then as like a couple years went on, I realized like I'm just interested in people as opposed to like describing like the sonics of like yeah. how a song sounds and that. I'm just more interested in like the musician and who they are maybe away from music and what their story is so far. And then as things progressed, like with the Meet the Crowd where we would talk to fans and supporters outside of shows, it was just kind of the similar thing, seeing what yeah. impact, um, how other people were receiving music and how they kind of, um, their lives were kind of impacted by the musicians they were gonna go and see. So it's always been like people focused, I think. So yeah, because even like music is one of those things where it's like, I was saying this to someone the other day that I've got a friend who was like quite devastated by mm. like, the recent death of a musician. And I was like, I don't even yeah. know you listen to that kind of music. Yeah, like when I look yeah, at you, I'm yeah. like, you listen to that kind of music? <laughs> I suppose when you see people in crowds at concerts, you're very much like, oh, like here, you're here and you're here. And yeah, no, definitely. All these different types of people are here. Mm. But um, one person that you introduced me to through your writing and through like just your tweets and everything is Koji Radical. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Because <laughs> I just, I'd, I have never seen or heard of him ever before. <laughs> and it was just really weird because like when I, your pieces that came out about him, so you did a In Conversation and a Meet the Crowd for SB, yeah, but you've yeah. written like other stuff as well. Mm. It's like, everyone else was like, oh yeah, Neve, like this is so sick. I was like, <laughs> how did you not know Koji? Yeah, yeah. Why did I know about this guy? But talk to me about that. like. I think where I think I first saw Koji perform at uh, Bots Park actually, so not far from here. But um, he was just—it was a random like uh, it was like an open mic kind of thing. And then because it's Bots Park, it's like very loud, like and a lot of people talking, and then a lot of people who were there not even to watch the music just to eat. Yeah. And then I just remember him coming on, and then he just managed the whole place just went silent just to like watch him. And then from then I was like, who is this guy? And then, yeah. so from then, like, I've interviewed him like two or three times now, yeah. and like every time, it's just always amazing to see like the growth in his career, like, and the growth in him as a person. So like every time, he would have loads of new ideas, or he would have stepped up like his music, his music, or the visuals, which are always great. And I just think he's someone that really represents um, kind of that story of second generation immigrant parents from Africa. I think he really tells that story very well. So he's got some songs where he's talking about like religion and how he doesn't go to church, but his mum wants him to go to church mm. and all of those types of things. And then his EP last year, the 23, 23 Winters, Winters, was like the similar concept, like him and his dad on the front, on the front cover and whatnot. I just, yeah, I just think he's phenomenal. Like I just love, he, I think he's someone that really documents the times. Like when you, in 200 years, you can hand someone that and say like, 
what was it like to be alive in this time? You can just give them that and that will... 23, 23. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah. That, that is the piece. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting that you should, interesting that you should say that because on your um, portfolio, mm. you've got tagline as documenting the new Britain. Yeah, yeah. So even though you think that this EP, is it an EP on album? Uh, what, 23 Winters? Yeah, yeah EP. EP, yeah. like this EP is doing what you're also trying to do, mm. but in like different ways. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think that's, um, I think like where, this is definitely like a special time in just Britain. I think, especially for like our generations, where people whose parents aren't from this country yeah. and you're like finding our own identities like away from that. So what I is the like, new Britain? Mm, I feel like this is the new Britain, like everything, like this podcast, I feel like represents that. Uh, the music represents that, like fashion. I think it's a, like a meld of things. You see like footballers or boxers like Anthony Joshua, like John Biega, I think that all represents like what so this, the new Britain is. This new yeah. Britain is everything that everyone over 60 that vote for Brexit is against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Us is> really... <laughs> the 49% that didn't vote for Brexit. Yeah, this, we are the new yeah, Britain. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, no, definitely. Makes think, sense, um, makes sense. Yeah, I just think it's like a unifying thing. Um, I think more, I think barriers are definitely coming down between like races and cultures. Although like we're in extreme times, but I feel like over the period, that's what's happening. I think that's what's kind of representing, like, especially when you go to these shows and stuff and you see, like, you'll see everyone of all, like, colours or gender or, or like, religions yeah. just all there, like, celebrating music or whatever. I think perhaps that didn't happen so much 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Mm. Someone who's very dear to both of our hearts. Yeah. DJ Khaled. <laughs> like, you're, you're, as a writer, <laughs> it's like, it's a weird space, Twitter, because it's like... Yeah. I mean, you write short and long form, yeah, but yeah. 140 characters is 140 characters to anyone. Mm. And you've just got some gems on there. And it's like, <laughs> even the videos and stuff that you share, like yesterday, was it yesterday? Like the day before you put that video of DJ Khaled up where he's talking about his son, yeah, yeah. grateful. And like, as much as your work, what you write about is very much the UK scene, the new Britain mm. scene, like who, who in the US, what kind of US artists would you love to write on, write for, mm. or have you written on that just hasn't come out yet? Um, yeah, I never really think about that. I think um, my focus has definitely more been the UK, but I think just Khaled as a person, I just I just admire him as a person, like his positivity. He's the best. And like how he just spreads, like wherever he goes, he just like spreads this message of love to everyone. Literally. And just encourages that. And My uh, background on my, computer is just a me I don't even know who it is it's, it's one of the clips from one of the videos and it's when he says more wins yeah, more success yeah, yeah. and it's a gif and I've got it it's like tiled on my background every single time I go on a computer it's like, like yeah that's why I'm yeah, doing yeah, yeah, not just yeah. sit on Twitter for the rest of the night <laughs> more wins more success I celebrate life Sirak <laughs> Sirak live right Lion Lion he's yeah, literally yeah. like the best and no, he's such he a is. like social personality if you got the chance to like write about him or write, write, interview him. Yeah, yeah. I just want to speak to him just for like 20 minutes or whatever. That's, <laughs> that's all you would need. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think, um, and I definitely feel like the, the stuff that he does, I think in 10, 20 years, you're going to see people who then go on to be successful or make an impact in the world. And then people are going to ask him like, what motivated you? And people will be like, yeah, like DJ, DJ Khaled, Khaled. Like it's definitely, I feel like his, the work he's doing is just so important. I've stopped using Snapchat as much as I used mm. to. But every time I go back on there, I'm like, Khaled, I missed you. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Khaled, like, I miss you. Missed you when, when I wasn't on Snapchat. But anyway, right. Let's get into the format of the podcast. We're here to talk about, we're not even here to talk about food. Mm. We're having a conversation. We're going to 
star at food. Right, right. So as I just said, you're a writer, you use Twitter. Yep. And I have noticed over the years you put out some gems. <laughs> oh, have you, you put out have you done some, some real gems, okay? <laughs> so the way this goes is there's a starter option, a main mm. course option and dessert option. And um, you're a vegan. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was going to be really hard because I was like, vegans, like, what do vegans even eat? Like, why is he vegan? And then I realised it's like, take the meat out of whatever you're yeah, eating it's not that, it's not the that rest difficult. of it's yeah, vegan. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully I've picked out some good meals and we've got some good questions. Um, so for starters, your options right. are falafel and beetroot hummus. Right, right. Or you don't look very happy about that. <laughs> the beetroot, I'm not so sure about. The falafel, I, depends if it's like there's hummus there. But we'll see. We'll see the other options. Wow. <laughs> He's fussy, guys. He's fussy. <laughs> or the other option is a... Well, technically, it's a tahini salad, so it's kind mm. of hummus salad as well. Yeah, no, I don't feel... Yeah, I'm a bit of a picky eater. I feel like I never eat salad. Like, I don't think I've had a meal as just as a salad before. I think, um, yeah, I think I just think it's a bit odd. It's like soup. Like, I don't think it's a meal. I don't think it should really count. <laughs> if, uh, wow. That's what vegan. I'm hoping Corbin, if he gets in, and that's one thing I'm going to tell him, can you just can you nip this soup and salad in the bud, please? I don't understand. So what are you going for? The falafel, then? <laughs> What's that option three? No, two options. Oh, two. Oh, you okay, falafel, falafel or you get salad. You falafel, get falafel. If, if we can get some hummus in there, in maybe like a wrap. All right. You can have some hummus. You can have some non-beetroot hummus. Right, right. Okay. The question associated with your choice there of picking the falafel is to explain this tweet. Right, right. You tweeted, jollof rice is the tap water of food. <laughs> yeah, jollof rice is the tap water of food. Like, I'm fully convinced. When I say that, like, tap water is just, it's a neutral thing. It's not nice. It's not disgusting. It's just plain. And you only drink, I only drink tap water if I have to. So if there's nothing else... I go to the fridge, there's nothing else in there and there's jollof rice and I'm like, ah, oh, I'll have that. But you always, ideally, it only tastes nice when you mix it with something else, like tap water, if, if you mix it with squash or grenadine or something like that, then it gets taste. But jollof rice on its own, despite what everyone like holds it up as like this amazing food, it really isn't. It's very plain. <laughs> I think so. I've been to I've been to so many house parties. Hope my mum doesn't listen to this. But, um, so what is your choice else? of a compliment for jollof? I'd rather I like if you can just get some stew in there, um, something like that, just to make it taste a bit better. Because on its own, it, I don't know who's who thought that was a good idea. But um, wow, <laughs> I'm gonna have to use that soundbite on its own and just be like me. <laughs> You're going to start a war out there, Not mate. you, though, Mum. Your jello fries is amazing. Everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I feel very strongly about this topic. That is incredible. Um, okay. Also, we're just going to throw another little question in there. Right, right. Because we're going we're gonna to keep it food and we're going to keep it music at the same time. Mm. What is your best album of the year? Of 2017. Ooh. Your best album of this year. I think my best, my favourite album of the year... Was J. Cole this year? Was that last year? No, no, my, no, no, my best favourite album of the year is still Gang Signs and Prayer. That is my, still my favourite album of the year. I feel like that album you can listen to in any mood and you'll find something on, on there. But and especially like when I wake up in the morning, like I listen to like Blinded by Your Grace part two. Like that's what I listen to to get me up in the morning. Because I think I tweeted, I think I tweeted like, where do you go from here? I think I tweeted something like, 
after you've listened to Bernie Bio Grace part one and part two, like, what, what do you put on the playlist after that? Like, yeah, yeah. It's where do you go from hard, there? Like, so you just have to start your day. Yeah, yeah, After yeah. that, it's DJ Khaled the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An intro. Yeah, I think, I think the album was incredible. Um, and yeah, so there's songs for like every mood and he really, I think Stormzy really crafted like a body of work. It wasn't just like, 12 songs thrown together or whatever. Yeah. He really pieced it together, which and is what I like. And as of this week, he's back in the top 40 yeah, after his yeah. GQ, um, not GQ, yeah, um, Mercury yeah, shortlisting, yeah. Mm. which is amazing because yeah, he went no, number definitely. one. Yeah, Like, yeah. number one album. And now he's back, like, months later, back in the top 40. Yeah, and people yeah. are actually paying attention again, which I think is great. Yeah, I think it's incredible. Main courses. Right, right. Hopefully he's a bit more exciting for you. <laughs> One of them is quite simple. Mm. We're going for a five bean tortilla wrap. Mm. The other option, which I'm not sure how you feel because one of the ingredients I don't really like is a portobello mushroom and red pepper burger with sweet potato fries. <laughs> Those are two good options. Oh, so you're into mushrooms? Yeah, yeah, no, I really like mushrooms. Oh, okay, so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, see, why eat jello fries when you can have these instead? <laughs> I think, um, I think I'm gonna go for the burger. I think the burger. I made I made like portobello mushroom burgers the other day, and it, they turned out really well. So I'm gonna go for that. Right. Okay. The topic associated with your choice mm. of picking the burger. Actually, it's not even a topic. Sorry. Let me say that again. The tweet associated right, right. with that burger is: there is little like the struggle of living in a Cameroonian household when you don't. Eat uh. fish. <laughs> Do you remember writing this? Yeah, no, I definitely do. <laughs> so this is our main topic. So this is what we're really going to get into in the podcast mm. this, this episode. So your family background is mm. Nigerian, okay. Cameroon. Yeah, yeah. And what you've just said about Jollof is probably going to hurt a lot more people now. Knowing yeah. that, like you come from the number one yeah, country yeah. where they state that Jollof is the best in the entire world, which is Nigeria. Jollof yeah, wars yeah. originated from a Nigerian and a Ghanaian arguing about their, their <laughs> jollof. But you're saying it's hard to grow up in a Cameroonian household where you don't eat fish. So in terms of, we know a lot about like Nigerian and Ghanaian diets because mm. always on the forefront of the timeline. But in terms of like Cameroonian background, talk to me about that. Because I, I looked up like, so Cameroon is next to Nigeria, right? Yeah, right next to uh, it's Nigeria. The east of Nigeria. Yeah. Central I think so. Africa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you been? No, no, I've never been never to Cameroon. Never been? Yeah, yeah. So is it your mum or your dad that's... My mum's from Cameroon. Okay. And then... um. So she's from like the coast, but uh, by the Atlantic Ocean or the Pacific Ocean, one of the two. And my geography is not Atlantic, great. But, Atlantic, yeah, Atlantic. One of the Atlantic, right, right. She's from like the coast, right by the like, Atlantic Ocean. So growing up, like fish and seafood were just a big part of their, just their diet. So she would say they'd walk down to like the stream and then they'd just get a bucket and they'd just fill it with prawns and that type of thing. Or they just, um, they'd have like fresh fish, like that's what they grew up on. So do you not eat fish? Did you have you never eaten fish, or did you not eat fish as a vegan? Um, yeah, I've just never liked fish. I never, don't know why. Okay. Like, so even growing up, whilst when we'd have like family gatherings and everyone would bring fish, I just never liked it. I'd like put it in my tissue and then just crumple <laughs> it up and just try and put it on the side. I just never liked it. And then so especially like when it comes to things like Christmas, there's always fish, like family parties as well. There's always fish, and I'd always be the person like, I just don't, I just don't like it. I just don't like the taste of it. <laughs> well, when I looked at the rest of what makes up like a typical Cameroonian diet, it was yeah. stuff like cassava, yam, rice, plantain, potato, maize. Yeah. And I was just like, 
carbohydrate, carbohydrate, yeah, carbohydrate, yeah. carbohydrate, <laughs> carbohydrate, starch, 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 starch. But that's like a lot of things that make up the Jamaican diet mm. or like the Caribbean diet, should I say, because that's the same as what like everything's the same, like even across Africa and yeah, the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. We just cook things differently. But in terms of like the rest of those things, did your diet have to, is that something that you experience a lot of, like eating a lot of cassava and a lot of yam? Yeah, like uh, definitely like a lot of yam, like a lot of beans. Um, those are like very much staples like growing up my mum still she's still like we've got like a big pot of beans at home at the moment like waiting for me so yeah yeah so a lot of that which is really good she interestingly like she said growing up she didn't eat a lot of meat it was only like when um she maybe got came here then she started eating meat she said meat was seen as a kind of status thing like when you had money then you started eating meat yeah but growing up it wasn't necessarily a big part of the diet which is funny now because the tables have kind of turned. Well, that's, I think that's with a lot of kind of, um, that's with a lot of people's diets because I've done another episode where I spoke to um, an elderly Jamaican woman and she mm. basically was saying that the same thing when she was growing up because you ate what you could grow and yeah. it was expensive to keep cattle, it was expensive to keep goats. Mm. You could have chickens, but you'd keep chickens to sell eggs, not to, not to yeah, eat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's not about being poor. That's just about like, you eat what you have which is a very different thing to like growing up in England. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like, um, and I kind of, uh, I do like, I really respect that kind of way of life of knowing like where all your food comes from and kind of cooking it yourself, maybe growing it yourself. I think that is something that's kind of got lost because now we don't really know where our food comes from. I feel like we just go to the supermarket and then it's just there. Is that part of mm. your choice to become a vegan or was that, um, that health motivated or food concerns? It was a bit of both. I feel, um, I remember one feeling, there was a point, I've been vegan for almost two years now, and maybe three, four years ago, there was a point where I was noticing like all the, my elderly family members, or family members that are older than me that were getting into their 50s and 60s, they were starting to get like health-related diseases like high blood pressure or um, like heart disease or even things like cancer, and that is all like, a lot of that is diet-related, if you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And then so I just realised like, if I continue eating the way, because I always loved like meat, I'd always like love red meat, and I realised, like, if I, that's not, that's going to be me in 50 years if I continue eating like that, like, yeah. it's inevitable. So I just decided then to, to kind of change my lifestyle. But then, then I started watching, like, documentaries and stuff about, yeah, 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 <laughs> about, like, where, um, where we get our meat from and, like, where, how the animals are treated and whatnot. And then, or one, another big thing was I did, uh, I worked in a market agency for a bit and their biggest client was McDonald's. And then, um, ah, <laughs> and then I fully re I realized then that um, like a lot of what we like as people is um, it's not down to like that tastes good. It's down to like how something is packaged to you, if you know what I mean. And then I realized that that is probably what's going on with ninety nine percent of like what we eat or what we consume or what what our tastes are. It's more um, things being sold to you as opposed to them being like an intuitive choice, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So then after that, and then I watched a documentary one day, and then I just said that okay. I'm just vegan now. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a so you literally did it overnight? Yeah, yeah, like I, I just said. Like, did I you transition down to veggie and then? No, no, I don't think I could have. I feel like I've got an extreme personality in some cases. So I know that if I went to veggie, I would have just gone Stayed back to there. eating meat. Oh, okay. So I just realised that um, I just had to go for, just do it straight yeah. away. Because um, I'm, I'm lactose intolerant. Uh, so I haven't drunk milk mm. in years, like years and years and years. Um, Alpro. Yeah. I live yeah. for Alpro. Every time they bring out a new nut milk, I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. I'll try it. I'll try it. I'll have it. Oat milk, yep, got it. Cashew milk, got it. Mm. On it. Almond milk, love it. But 
I do still like, I still dabble in cheese. Right, right. And it comes and bites me <laughs> yeah, every single yeah. time. <laughs> like my skin right now is hell because I know I had ice cream yesterday. Uh-huh. And ice cream is actually like the least reactive to me, but in terms of like, if I had to cut stuff out of my diet, something that's so big, like dairy, dairy is such a massive food group. Yeah, that yeah. It's like gone. And when I was looking through like the histories of like, even either of our backgrounds in terms of African or Caribbean, there isn't a lot of dairy. Yeah, there's not a lot of dairy. There. Mm. So it's like, there is a lot of meat and a lot of fish and things like yeah, that. Yeah. But I suppose you not like getting rid of dairy was like, yeah, not yeah. a big deal because it, it wasn't really in your diet so much. Yeah, that's a, definitely like when I, I only started eating stuff like cheese, like when I went to uni and then I lived with like five white guys and they would have like cheese and pasta and that type of thing. I never used to eat cheese before. Like I've never been a fan of eggs really. Mm. Um, so and milk is just like you can replace that with something else, and it so almost, easily, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it hasn't, it was never big, uh, that big of an issue. I think that's why I found the transition easier because I didn't eat fish, I didn't eat really eggs or um, cheese or dairy, and then the only thing I was really cutting out was like meat. Meat, yeah, actual yeah. meat. Do you miss? Do you miss it ever? No, I don't actually. I, there was one time I did um, literally like I've went very strong for like since I've since I've turn vegan like I haven't backslided really but then the other week I saw an advert on Twitter for a oxtail pat- patty and I was like oh okay geez <laughs> someone make a vegan version of this it please just got yeah, hard. Yeah. well the vegan version of that which I actually had in Jamaica mm. is an ackee patty oh okay and it was was it nice I had about five at a time wow it was so good mm. it's, it was so good that's good to, that's nice to know that. I think I got offered like one of those the other day at I had this in Jamaica, but mm. I know there's a place in, I think it's in Covent Garden, the Jamaica right. Patty Company of like, Co. Uh, okay. I've never actually been there. I need to I need to go try it out, but I think they do an acupati there. Right, right. Which would be I might have to go vegan. investigate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's one thing that tempted you, oxtail patty. Yeah. And an oxtail that. patty of all things, because not a lot of people eat oxtail. You know, I, that was, <laughs> when I used to eat meat, I, that was like one of my favourite really? foods, like oxtail. Just used to devour it. And then, so seeing that, like in a patty, I was like, oh my God. I might have to take a day off here, but yeah, yeah, I powered through there. But because your because your choice to be vegan is like coming personal. Yeah. If you did take a day off, you took a day off. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Like, even though I haven't done it, I feel like people get way more attached to the label as opposed to why they're doing it in the end. Yeah. I feel like that's what happens to a lot of people. Just in not even just being a vegan, but bare other stuff. And then so they think like, uh, even though if they might be feeling one type of way, they're like, oh well, like. I'm attached to this thing of being a vegan yeah. now. And that's kind of how I've labelled myself so they don't want to slip. But really, just do what you want. But do you not think as well, like, I mean, I'm probably guilty of this because mm. I work with a vegan and I definitely target her as being a vegan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are you eating there? Is that yeah, vegan? Yeah, yeah. Like, you sure that's vegan? It doesn't look very vegan to me. So it's like other people are so concerned with your veganism yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. like, I'm having a day off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get heart disease from one oxtail patty. Mm. Like, Give me a break. Yeah, no, but I feel like... might be coming. <laughs> no, I feel like now, I don't know how my body would react to eating meat again. Like, I don't think it would be so good. I feel like, especially after after such a long time, I'm just like, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, with no days off, mm. that's, that's a lot. But in terms yeah. of, like, what you have at home, so is it just you that's a vegan? Yeah, it's just me, like... Uh, but my mum, since I've gone vegan, she's slowly roping her into... The non-meat lifestyle, so, yeah. yeah. So that's been good. So when she cooks now, she mainly cooks without meat and that type of thing, which is good. And then my brother, like he, he's furthest thing from a vegan, but he's still, um, he's like, he's like, I feel like everyone is starting to like even like alter their diet slowly. Like even when I look at my mum's friends, like 
they are definitely being more health conscious about what they mm -hmm. put in their body. I don't know what's going on in the world now, but I feel like that's definitely a, a recent thing. People are just starting to be more wary about yeah. what they eat. But then I think as well, kind of rolling into what I was one of the dessert topics, but anyway, we'll just mm. get into it. Was like, the, is being a vegan a trend? Like for you, obviously, like it's been an informed decision of like, you didn't like the way that meat was being processed. You had an understanding of how we get marketed fast food and like processed yeah, food. Yeah. And it's like, actually, I don't want to fall into this trap anymore. Mm. And I want to be better for other people in terms of like, do you feel like other food trends like being gluten-free and doing mm. all this stuff? Like, is there any other food groups that you also avoid? Um, I want in terms of don't eat. Yeah. Um, no, not really. Still eat wheat. And yeah, yeah. So that. still, I've been looking into like gluten and stuff just because I realised like I went to the, I went to this vegan fast food place and it, because a lot of vegan fast food, they make it with like wheat gluten. Yeah. And then Pastas I went, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after I had it, I just felt like so tired, like I needed to sleep. And it was only like four o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, what is that? And then I went again and it happened. And then like, I read the ingredients and it was like, oh, like gluten, gluten. I was like, oh, okay, maybe this does, this is something I need to look into. Mm. But um, not, I'm not really hung up on anything else like that. Even like um, you say like vegan, veganism being a trend is which I get that. I feel like I don't even like, I just try and stay away from like the label now just because of all that comes along with like being a vegan. You see yeah. like the vegan kind of crusaders on Twitter, like trying to convert But then as well, it's like, cause my understanding of being a vegan growing up was like mm. not about your diet, it was about your whole lifestyle. Like you yeah, wouldn't wear yeah. leather. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, in terms of, I'm, I'm glad people are making decisions to be vegan. You better men than I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. Like I go through little stints. Like I can, I can not eat meat 100%. Yeah, yeah. But again, I think a bit like you, I don't want the label. Because mm. if I see that pizza, I am eating it. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. it's, gonna happen like after this i want to go cook daily like after you record <laughs> this i'm hungry and i want to go cook daily and yeah, i want to get yeah. that pad thai because i love it it's so good mm. but it's not about like oh yeah i want to eat vegan today right I just, yeah, it's no. nice yeah i think that's literally we just all need to do what we feel is nice and what we feel is right for our bodies and for ourselves and not get caught up in all the other stuff in an ideal world in an ideal world <laughs> yeah. okay okay let's get into dessert right right see now this veganism thing. Mm. So I bake. Everything I make. Okay. Everything everything I've ever <laughs> created in that kitchen is based with butter. So there's actually two things on the blog that I've done before. One, I don't know if you were in the office the day I bought them in, but one of your options is a vegan chocolate brownie with almond ice cream. Mm. So that's dairy-free ice cream, of course. And your other option, which is a route that some... I suppose it's a completely different like dietary thread, but raw food. Right, so right. it's a raw fruit tart basically so a base of dates and nuts and yeah, good yeah. stuff and then layer of cashew cream and then top with fresh fruit mm. layer of what cream cashew cream cashew cream no no right. nah, nah, i'm not a big desserts guy but i feel like usually i people always say I'm a, picky, people? I'm a bit of a picky eater i feel like but i'm usually i'm usually just a fruits person but the, um, what was the first one? Chocolate brownie. The chocolate brownie sounds nice. Maybe minus the ice cream. I'm not a big ice cream guy either, but um, the chocolate brownie sound nice. I think if I was to choose, I'd go for that. So there's more to your dietary requirements than just non-label veganism. 
Yeah. You're just, you're just fussy. <laughs> I'm just a fussy eater, yeah, yeah. I'm That's all you vegan. have to say, I'm like, just a fussy guy. literally going to a vegan place, are you vegan? No, I'm just fussy. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm fussy, I'm fussy. So, okay, so you've gone with the chocolate brownie. Your tweet associated right. with this topic is... It's actually... I'm taking it slightly out of context because it was actually a reply. Mm. But when I saw it, I was like, really? <laughs> really, if you think this way? And you said, my weird phobia... When watching a show and eating, I can't, can't, can't have a single bite until the opening credits are done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. That's definitely still true as right, well Right, start from the beginning. What? I just feel like... <laughs> I think it started... You know, when, when I eat food, I, I, don't, I rarely eat food like, at the dinner table anymore. So when I eat food, I'm always watching like a show or a series. And then when I... Lunchtime would always be my break. So if I was in uni or if I was at home or if I was at work... I'd watch like a series like The Wire or The Sopranos or whatever. And I just can't start eating until the actual show starts. It's like, I can't, I can't eat. The opening credits has to go through and the, like, the opening scene and the opening song. I just can't eat. I just don't like the feeling of like, especially if the meal's not very big, I don't like the feeling of being through my meal. <laughs> this sounds really weird. Until the, and the show's barely started. I just don't like it. So I just wait until the, until the show started and then... I feel like it's more of an experience, you know, I'm eating my food and I'm watching the show. Life is good. So, are you one of those people who can go to cinema and get your snacks and hold them until the film starts? Oh, no, no, I don't do that usually. Oh. But I really... <laughs> like, I just I... thought about it because I went to cinema the other day and I ordered like two scoops of ice cream and I was mm. like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten ice cream anyway. But anyway, <laughs> and it was like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like wait, like, wait for 20 minutes while it melts in my hand. Like, I've yeah, eaten should, it before the should. film starts. So you if you get really popcorn... Wait. Yeah. <laughs> you think, look, you're like, no, you, you, you should really. Ice cream is different from popcorn, you know. Popcorn's more just a snack. Ice cream, I feel like you've got to wait, you've got to wait it out. But popcorn, I've, when I go to the cinema, I always get like popcorn, but I only end up like eating maybe tiny a bit tenth of, the of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm notorious for that now as well. What just yeah. not not yeah. finishing food? Yeah, <laughs> not finishing food. So food. busy concentrating yeah. on the yeah. show that you've yeah. got to yeah. watch. You haven't finished what you're exactly. eating. Exactly. But the reply to that tweet, which I don't, I can't remember who it was from, mm. which was exactly what I was thinking, was, but your food's getting cold. No, but no, you obviously heat it to a certain degree where it's not going to, I'm, I'm well versed in this now. You heat There's it to a certain science. degree. There's a science. There's a science to it. This. That, the method to the madness. Yeah, yeah, literally. I feel, I feel like I've got it down now. 25 years in, I feel like I've mastered it. And you've always done that? Yeah, as long as I can remember, as long as I can remember. Until like, before like when stuff like, um, obviously you couldn't stream and no Sky Plus, I'd always try and just um, like rush. I remember like as a kid, like rushing in, as soon as the advert break is done and say like Friends is coming on and doing an open sequence, I like run, try to get my food from the microwave and then run back in time just for when the show starts and then sit down and then watch it. I need, I need <laughs> and enjoy the experience I mean, you, you, with my I mean, food. I've just forgotten that people can't see me, but I'm, I'm shaking my eye. <laughs> I'm in shock right now that this, like, it was weird because I like, picking tweets that you'd written and I was like, mm. hi, he's going to be like, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, fully serious. You, and you said, trash. I can't, 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 like you said can't three times. Like, mm. you can't have a single bite of your food until that's nah, I can't do it. Like, I just sit there, just, and especially if I'm really hungry, my, like, my mouth is starting to water. Do you drink, like, come on. Do, you, do you drink and eat? Like, you someone that has, uh, like, a drink with your meal? Can you have a sip of, can you have a yeah, sip? Yeah, 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 I can have, a, I can drink, I can drink. Obviously, you don't want to drink all of it, but I can have a sip. Part of the science. Yeah, yeah. The you ratio, don't want to, yeah, The ratio yeah, yeah. of liquid to, <laughs> liquid to meal must be <laughs> correct. But I, you know what it is, I feel like, um, some, me, like, eating, that's like a big 
part of my day, especially like when you're working or at your uni, I feel like that, okay, that's like my time to just chill yeah. and relax. So like, I take it like seriously in that sense. So like, okay, this is like hours for me to just chill and whatever. So I will just have it set up in my head like it needs to be like this. Are you a slow and eater? Can, uh, depends. Like when I go out, I'm quite, quite a slow eater. But it really depends. But yeah, people say people do say that though. So I'm, I'm tending to go with what other people have said. <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. I'm quite a slow eater sometimes, depending on how good the food is. So you'd be very slow, but shut off. Yeah, like might not even might be there a few hours, might not get touched. <laughs> Unless there's some shoe or something to, to, to liven it up a bit, but on its own, I'll probably just be there looking at it in disgust. Okay. Well, that's the end of the menu. But one thing I just wanted to pull up on what you just said, actually, was that you don't eat at your dining table, which mm. is actually how I ended episode one with right, Nash about yeah, like yeah. eating alone and where you eat. And mm. like, so you're someone that you kind of take your lunchtime, that me time, in yeah, terms of yeah. doing what you want to do and watching something, like watching shows or watching a little film or whatever. Mm. And is that something that like, is that something you regularly do? Like, do you sit down and eat with your family? You mentioned that your mum will cook, but then yeah. do, you not, do you not eat like together? I'm just, I'm interested. Yeah, no, <laughs> no not really. So, I'm, but I think now, because me, my brother and I like both work and then my mum works, we're all on different schedules. Like, schedules okay. So it's hard to sit down and eat together. Uh, at Christmas times and things like that, we do, we tend to, but now day more, to day. yeah, day to day is more, and um, the food's there, and then. But are you someone who will eat at your table, at, or at a table still, or mm. are you like in your room? Nah, I, I don't, I don't eat in my room, I can't go that far. <laughs> I just usually sit in the living room, okay. and just have like a tray, and then I just sit and watch TV, or then, but I, if I'm watching off my laptop, then I'll like sit at the table with my laptop there. <laughs> but it's, um, yes, yeah, I rarely just sit at the table, just me, like myself, or like me. And like my family just sitting there eat, eating, which some, I guess some people say is like we're losing like those traditional values of everyone. But if they were never, if they were never traditional to who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traditional to who? Like this, mm. it's traditional. I don't, know, I don't know if it's traditional to mm. my family or my culture, but as in, we do do it. Like a lot of us do yeah, it, yeah. but I don't know why. We just, we just do, mm. and we enjoy it. If we didn't, like even this week, well. The last week, I don't think I've seen my parents one day in the evening because I've just been right. out for one reason or another. Yeah. And I said to my dad this morning, and I was like, are you cooking this week every day? Because I haven't eaten a single vegetable in like uh. five days. <laughs> and I haven't seen you guys in like five days. And I'm like, oh, I actually miss sitting down and eating. It's like a recap point of your day. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, no, I get that. But at the same time, if I lived by myself, I would just be like, my me time would be, yeah, me and yeah, my laptop yeah, or me, me and yeah. whatever. So mm. interesting mm. that you take that me time. Personal. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that thing's important. As long as it's not general for us, then we're good. <laughs> Anything else? I've only just started this podcast. I don't need to be losing listeners already with your, <laughs> with your absurd views. Like, I, 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 I can't say I've ever had a bad jollof rice because mm. I've had so few but so different. Mm. But I love rice. Yeah, no, rice is good. But I do love white rice. Mm. White basmati rice. Yeah, no, yeah, Just I like agree with you. That is the... White rice, which is also not very good for you. But... Yeah, mate, I agree with you there. White basmati rice White is basmati perfect. rice is perfect. So you prefer to have white basmati with your meal than jollof? Yeah, no, 100%. I don't even have to think about it. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I Just think, one of those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've got two more questions for you. Right. With your writing... Mm. So obviously you're on words, but someone else is usually on pictures. 
and I've seen throughout your work, I don't know if necessarily you're working with them in terms of whether they're there when you're writing or interviewing or doing a day in the life of whatever, but who is your favourite photographer in the scene? Uh, Mavdul. Do you know Mavdul? Of course. Mavdul's my favourite. Mavdul might just be my favourite person in this <laughs> music. <laughs> yeah. Mavdul's a legend. Um, I think I met him through Paul Gibbons. He, like, I don't know how he met Mavdul, but he did some stuff with him at SB. Mm -hmm. And then so after that, I did, and then was like Ash, he then introduced me to Mab, like personally. And then we did all the, all of like the uh, Meet the Crowd series, yeah, like in conversations, like a day with, like I just did that with him. And I just think um, he, he's like a, he's like a genius. In Why a does way. everyone love him so much? Yeah, Obviously, yeah. I don't know him personally and I'm, I feel like I'm missing out. Like, yeah, like even the way Stormzy talks out. about him is like, like there's no one that he's G, yeah, he's yeah. G. I feel like for me with him, like especially going out together and doing like these different assignments, like he would always make, he has such a, a, a way about him that he makes you feel comfortable. So like say we're with an artist or whatnot, his presence and what he would say would just make the artist feel comfortable and that would make it much easier for me to then ask different questions and whatnot okay, or yeah, get cool. kind of, and I always found that dynamic with him. Like he, whenever I've worked with him, like he's just so easygoing that you just relax. And so even though if an artist is a bit wary about like an interview or whatnot, like he just make, has this quality that he's able to make people feel relaxed. And then after that, it's just easy to do the work. And he's an amazing photographer, like amazing. Yeah, I was just about to say, did he shoot the gigs pictures? No, no, he didn't shoot the gigs ones. He shot like um, Jacob Banks, which like maybe, maybe like some of my favorite um, pictures and piece like that we did whilst at SB together. Um, he shot, uh, who else did he shoot? Angel, Ray Black. Koji at the Meet the Crowd. Oh, okay. Like Mo Stack, he shot some like amazing uh, Mo Stack pictures from his live show, from his like headline show. And he just, yeah, I think he's just, I think like everyone has this like one thing that you can just do in, intuitively, like that's what you're meant to do. And I feel like that photography, like it's his, like, I remember we'd just be walking down the street one day after like finishing, I think it was the angel thing we were finishing and we're walking back to the station then. He just see out the corner of his eye. I was like, "Oh, look, that's an amazing picture." And then it was just these two guys like leaning on their car. It's like, I no one else spotted that. that. Yeah, yeah, but he just had it. I don't know how. So I feel like they, yeah, that's photography. Is his his hand might as well just be molded to a camera. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then also another another tweet that I've seen of yours probably quite a few times is you asking for suggestions on things to read. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, like being a writer, mm. reading obviously is very important very crucial you reading other people's work in terms of like articles as well yeah. as like novels and stuff so what are your like top pieces that you've ever read or top books that you've ever read or what you right. recommend to someone um just in general just in general i think the best yeah i try and read i think it's like as a writer it's important to read like definitely important to read just to kind of pick, be introduce yourself to different styles of writing and different ways like people tell a story or um like structure sentences or different types of vocabulary and just different stories like I feel like a book immerses you in another world which is like I've always loved that but in terms of top reads my favorite book and probably people have seen me tweet about this book before but this book uh, by this lady called Bronnie Ware it's called like top five regrets of, of the dying sounds really mor morbid but basically it's this woman she was like a banker in Australia and then she quit her job in her 20s to go into palliative care and look after like um, elderly people who had terminal illnesses okay. and then so through that journey, she'd be speaking to them and they'd always come up with these top five regrets they'd had in their life. Like these five regrets would always come up um, in their lives. And then she made, a, made it into a book and it's just like such a moving book and it makes you kind of really reconsider and to kind of take stock on like what it is you want to do. 
with your time here and all of that. What any like... of those regrets eating meat? <laughs> no, she she doesn't eat meat though, so I feel like maybe that subconsciously like impacted me, but okay. no, 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 no meat related, no. Um, Jell-O fries had been on there if they had it in Australia, I'm sure. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but there's a book that's out at the moment um, called Hold Tight, Black Masculine Team. Learning right, yeah, the yeah. The meaning of... The new grind, that's a new, new grind book, The right. new grind book, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you, are you interested? Have you read it? What have you heard? No, I haven't read it yet. I've got like a long list. Like I want, um, I just finished, literally just finished a book this morning. So now I'm moving on to this guy called uh, JJ Boller. He's from the UK. He, his novel just came out. No place to call home, so I'm gonna read that. Oh, I've heard of that then, one. Yeah, yeah. I think that might have been a stylist recently. Mm. Uh, yeah, maybe. Like think, he's, yeah. it literally just came out like a couple of weeks ago. So I'm looking forward to reading that. And then after I'm, I might read that. But I don't really read music books so much. Well, because right. when I say like, again, interested in people, like that's always my. I'm always coming from like a novelistic standpoint Angle. when I write, and I think you can probably see that in my writing. It's not really music fo focused. I would just read novels and stuff. Is a novel on stuff. the cards? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, book, uh, books are definitely on the cards, like novels definitely on the cards, like in the future and stuff, and definitely books like uh, on the cards. A collection. 100%. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Of all your, like, pieces. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, that's definitely like on the cards in the near future. Ooh, yeah, near yeah. future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's like, that's just what, yeah, that's what I love to do. Like, I can't just wait. I'm just looking forward to the day, like, where I can pick up like my own book and like smell like the fresh pages and like this. Do you ever write about yourself? Uh, sometimes on medium and stuff I do, but um, not so much. Uh, I might like take, especially on medium and stuff, I might like take pieces of myself and put it into that. Okay. But it's never really just about myself, but um, that's something I'm exploring more. Like I write just, I might just write stuff every day that probably won't see the light of day. That's just to me just writing. That's what, yeah, usually about me, but in terms of like what goes out there. Never really. And it's usually, all about, it's usually all about other people. Like, that's what I realised. Um, and even when I write about other people, like, I never include myself, like, in the piece. Like, I never say, like, I saw this person do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always, like, a third person sort of thing. Very descriptive. Yeah. Just kind of, like, trying to be, like, a window, if that makes sense. And then I'm just out of the picture. Like, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a wrap. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much me. for joining me on this podcast episode. I don't know if you're gonna. I don't know what number of episode you're gonna be, so I don't mm. want to say. But you'll be out soon, ah, out there I'm in the world. To it. <laughs> um, food is love, merchandise. Uh, <laughs> so a little tagline that I put out in the introduction, and when I've been sending it to people, is food is love, rove run. And Neve's response was, "I hope there's merch on the way." Yeah. Um, so I might have to make some some merch t-shirts. Mm, definitely, yeah, that is great. That's a lot. I love that catch line. Food uh, is love. Food is love. Forever run. <laughs> <laughs>